a lot of church leaders are trying to get people into their building, uh, build a crowd that they're speaking to, get the get the tithing happening there. Um, so my my understanding of that's not the church that Jesus wanted to create. He wanted to create an ecclesia that the church is happening continually with the people through the week. And so I began to ask, well, where are those people? Encouraging, inspiring, and equipping leaders. This is Coach and Joe. In this episode, Andy and I are going to take a look at why is there such a divide between the priestly world and the kingly world? What is that? What are kings and priests? And what are the implications in the church today if those two worlds move towards each other? It might be a biblical paradigm of ecclesia. Welcome to Coach and Joe. My name is Chad Norris, lead pastor here at the Garden Greenville in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina. Very pretty in April. Praise the Lord. Every time I interview you, I always just, I think I say the same thing of like, what must it be like in your mind to be in April when it's 79 degrees and sunny? You still are not over it. You thank the Lord all the time for the weather here. I, I love it. I, it was like PTSD for me <laughs> when it would, you know, go a little bit colder for a day or so. Like yesterday, you were moving house and it was, we started off like it was an English day. And I was like, this is what it's like, guys, for a few months. Heavy rain. Heavy rain. I talked to someone right. yesterday on the phone that moved from Cayman Islands to British Columbia. And I said, what happened? He started laughing. I'm, I'm, I'm just a weather person. Mm -hmm. You know, I am happier in the spring and summer. Absolutely. Now it gets into <clears throat> August. I don't know. I, I don't like that. I don't like a hundred degrees and mosquitoes that look like four year olds with it's, teeth. It was strange for me to watch the suntans here. So suntans tend to develop kind of April through June, and then it gets too hot, and then they lose the suntans because they go inside to the air conditioning. And then does anyone tan in England? Uh, if they go to France, ah, for their two week vacation, they they get in their cars and drive a thousand miles. Is a thousand miles? Yeah, that's quite a jaunt. Yes. Can you drive to Spain? Yes. Well, you take a ferry or drive. You can drive. Drive onto a train get you across and drive oh, through France. Yeah. I bet you are, if you're doing that, you're taking three weeks for vacation. Mm, two. Lots of people do two. Just drive two straight days for the sun. Yep. Oh, I would do it. Yeah. I would scream. You Americans love driving. You don't mm, think anything of driving. I must not be American then. I'm from here. An hour drive is a long drive for me. That's unusual. I don't like it. Yeah. Are you... Basically, when I was over there with you, you were like, no one really drives more than 40 minutes. 20. Really? Yeah. A lot of people walk because we're close to each other. We live close to each other. That's why there's no fat people over there. That's partly true. I'm serious. Yeah. The five or six times I've been over there, I'm like, well, no wonder. It's like Jesus when I went to Israel. It's like, man, he walked everywhere. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if, you're, if you struggle, you know, weight-wise, you're probably just not walking over there. All right, let's jump in. <laughs> How we got onto that. I really want to know, because this, this podcast is intended to help uh, not just ministry leaders, but marketplace leaders. And God is doing such a marketplace thing in our midst here at the Garden. It's wild to watch. It's been a lot of fun, even how it's impacted my life. It's crazy. He told me it was coming, and I thought, well, I don't know what that would look like. Here in the Garden, uh, the Father's the Gardener. 
Mm-hmm. We now have a, an elementary school, junior high school, and a high school that the father's building out. We have Garden College, which is a leadership school intended to help leaders get to know God on a deep level and then lead in high levels of influence in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, we have a local church and media department here that your wife runs. It, we seem to really be talking about one thing the gardener, the father. Mm-hmm. But what the father's doing is raising up a lot of leaders and sending them into the marketplace. Yeah. We knew it it would happen prophetically and then it's it's manifested. You are the one. I remember where I was when where we were standing. When you moved here a couple, three years ago, you said we were we were back in that modular and you said, Chad, there is something burning in me about the Ecclesia marketplace leaders. And you said, and the funny thing is, I've never led a business. Now you were a school teacher for quite a while. Yes. You've been a lead pastor. Uh, you're very good in rugby and football as a kid. Put that on your resume. But you've never run a business. No. You've never owned a business. No. I'm curious, when did the father begin? Because it, it was over in Sheffield, mm-hmm. England. When did he begin? How did this happen? What's your story of God burning this kingly thing in you? We hear a lot of conversations. Well, I'm more priestly than kingly. We're going to talk about all that. But for you, when did you begin to be really passionate about marketplace leadership? Well, I think some of it comes back to what is the church. Um, And so a lot of church leaders are trying to get people into their building, uh, build a crowd that they're speaking to, get the the tithing happening there. Um, So my my understanding of that's not the church that Jesus wanted to create. He wanted to create an ecclesia that the church is happening continually with the people through the week. And so I began to ask, well, where are those people? What are they leading out? What does that look like? And I began to see that specifically with some of the business leaders, there was a level of loneliness and disconnection from the local church. Um, And, you know, these are busy people who are doing an excellent job where they are. But I didn't really feel as a pastor that I was well connected to them or walking with them mm-hmm. or really understanding their levels of expertise, their vision, what they see. So for me, it, it was a mindset of kingdom across a city and beginning to ask the question, what would it look like for the kingdom of God to really invade the city? Um, and then I began to say, hold on a minute, we have the some of the chief executives of the children's hospital in our church and in the church just down the road and we as church leaders don't talk to each other about those things and yet they are making decisions about um, the care of children across this entire city and we're not really talking to them we're not really engaging with them as church leaders we just expect them to turn up and listen to Mm -hmm. our sermons that's true and then go and hopefully do a good job see you next week pay your tithes what does it look like for us to begin to broker conversations that are actually already happening? Business leaders talk to each other all the time. And yet in our churches, they are, they're isolated from one another. Um, they, they want to work across cities. So these, these, these things are already happening. The church leaders have got to catch up and begin to see, okay, who am I connecting with? There's a great divide between what we know, contemporary definition of church, like when I say church, I understand I'm not what I'm about to say. I'm not referring to the ecclesia, the biblical model of church, but what the church has turned into. There's such a great divide between pastoral leadership in a church and business leaders. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. Uh, if I'm a business leader, I don't blame business leaders for not really wanting to get too involved in a quote unquote priestly organization. Yeah, there's a lot of control in local churches. There's a lot of small thinking yep. 
there's an expectation of, hey, why don't you just give us, quote unquote, your money yeah. and we'll do God's work with it. Yeah. Well, the truth is God's work, uh, if I'm being objective, is it's as much or more in the marketplace than it is in recruiting people to come to a building to perhaps have an encounter at the altar and hear another wonderful orator. You and I are burdened to bridge the gap between these two worlds, which I believe prophetically one of the reasons the father had uh, me start a business six or seven months ago was to have some authority in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And as I am watching myself lead here on a higher level, but do less on the pastoral side of things, more in the marketplace, I, I believe what we're watching the father build here, Psalm 127, is bridging a gap between the two worlds. So why don't we just define these two worlds on an elementary level? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we can so over-spiritualize language where it's like, what are we even talking about? When I say kingly and priestly, what is what is that to you? What does that look like? Well, I think priestly is talking about broadly within a church, um, and the priest is there to help people to connect to God. And so a priest stands between God and people. And so that is the role of a priest. Which is wonderful. Yeah. And we, we love that, you know, where the father works through people. Uh, we can look at that throughout scripture. Um, the problem is that we made priests be this category that are spe- well, Constantine did. Um, and he made priests be this certain category and everyone else be the parishioners. Uh, so we lost the priests in the marketplace. And in the marketplace, we have kings who have authority to make decisions, to rule, to govern, to, um, to, to create, to grow, to expand, uh, to develop. And uh, they do that throughout the week for the sake of cities, uh, nations, industries. Uh, and we've divorced those two worlds. The pre, those kings come in to to receive something on a Sunday to somehow for them to go out and do their role. They don't understand each other. They don't, they don't work together, kings and priests. And uh, David is a great example of someone who was a king but said, you know what? I need God at the center of this. And so he took off his kingly robes and actually created a a radical expression of worship at that time, making God accessible to people where they were, changed change the whole nation. If I'm being objective, Andy, give you a pra- practical example. Yesterday, something happened. A judge in the state of Florida in her mid-30s uh, with a decision about the, the mask mandate, one judge influenced the airline industry so much. Do you understand that yesterday the mask mandate ended for getting on airplanes? Okay, so where am I going with this? If I'm being objective, the amount of influence that the priestly world has versus the kingly world, mm-hmm. it's not even close. Yeah. It I read I read an article yesterday from I believe in Money Magazine. I believe that was the article of the 25 most mistrusted leaders in the world clergy was like 13 yeah if i'm this is just me being objective by the way andy i'm a lead pastor yep <laughs> so i'm i'm not here to i'm 
I, I think that I have the right to speak into this because yep. I love the priestly world. Mm-hmm. But the priestly world, if we're not careful, it's in such a bubble, especially here in the South, it's not nearly as relevant as priest leaders believe. Yep. Now, I'm not even talking about the biblical definition of church because I believe the ecclesia is the biblical view of church. I'm just talking about the model that the church has turned into. Yep. The influence that the priestly world has compared to the kingly world is not close. Here's a problem that I see, though. It's a big problem. I'll, and, and I'm not so sure I know the solution other than start talking about it, and we want to model reconciliation. These worlds are so divided yeah. that a lot of kingly people, they're so fed up with the way in which the priestly world is led, and I don't blame them, by the way. Yeah. They say, why would I even want to partner with the priestly model of church? Yeah. What I believe the Father is doing, it's a Davidic cry. It's a Davidic model, and you just mentioned it. Mm-hmm. King David, There's besides Jesus Christ, there's more written about David in the Bible than any character. It's wild to me. Mm-hmm. He, becomes, he becomes king when he gets the oil poured on him. He goes through a journey, uh, Bethlehem, Hebron, Jerusalem. His first act in Jerusalem is priestly. So we see, the, the, we see it in Jesus, prophet, priest, and king. We see it in King David, yet pulling the hood up, Right now, th- these two worlds are so divorced. You have decided to play your role in, you may can't change the world in this, but you can sure address it here locally. What are you doing practically? What do you see the Father doing here to bring these two worlds closer together where kings don't roll their eyes at the priestly? Well, let me take us back to Sheffield before I came here. All right. So um, in, in Sheffield, looking at that kingdom vision, thinking, how do we see the kingdom of God come across this city? I looked at, well, who are the influencers? And so I, and the father began to connect me with key business men in the city. And um, it had nothing to do with which church you come from. It was the way in which they were people of peace to me. And I got those eight guys into a room and we began, and I said, listen, this is my only question. How do we see the kingdom of God come in this city? What would you do? What does it look like for you to play your part in that? And I got them to begin to ask the question, okay, Father, what are you asking me to do? What are you asking me to step into? Those guys had uh, probably three months of conversation before they even turned to each other and went, so which church do you go to? Um, and, And they then began to recognize, okay, we are part of this wider kingdom priestly thing. But what they did was they began to connect uh, why the church is so important. So I understand what you're saying and how it's perceived is that it's not important. But the reality in the UK is that the church runs half of the youth work in the UK of youth. The the government can no longer provide that level of youth work there. Mm -hmm. The churches are serving in this voluntary way. So what these business guys did was they said, let's audit how much the church actually benefits the city. Mm -hmm. And we literally documented it in number of hours and the equivalent of money that the the government would need to spend. And so we did it for faith groups across the city um, and then called in the government officials and said, okay, this is what the church is bringing to the table right now, let's talk. And the government were shocked at what we presented to them and then began to say, we and the, those business leaders were saying, how can we serve you as a city? Mm-hmm. And they said, actually, we really need your help because we're rolling out a new benefits program. And, the, and those business guys said, okay, we'll help. We'll bring our strategic expertise 
to this conversation and it began to hugely impact. They've gone on from there to effectively run the food banks of a city of mm -hmm. 500,000 people because they know how to strategize. They know how mm -hmm. to bring these principles together to make it really work for the sake of a city. And, and at a level that's way higher than church leaders know how to do it. Mm -hmm. They know how to steward the, the resources that the Father has given us to bring increase and prosperity. To which the intention of Ecclesia, let priests be priests. Let priests connect people deeply to God. Yeah. But let kings be kings. Yeah. And what I see is this. Uh, I see the recipe of this here being, if you could picture a triangle, tent, home city. Of all of this between the two worlds, kingly and priestly, the most important part of the recipe to be have a successful ecclesia is intimacy with the Father. Mm -hmm. But what happens is if that's all you focus on and you never allow Jesus to be king to you, he may be the reconciler of bringing me close to the Father. But Jesus, all 12 of his disciples who he connected to the Father, he did the best he could. They were ragamuffins. I don't know if they ever got it. But he, he led them into the real world, to the marketplace. If we're not careful, the priestly world will be phenomenal at like houses of prayer, messages, intimacy with God, but it will become like a bubble where you're afraid to go out into the big bad world. Yeah. That we will not, I mean, that's just not who we're going to be here, which is why even Garden College, our emphasis is on leadership into the marketplace, not just a house of prayer where we have encounters at the altar, we hide from the world and we love Abba. Andy, a lot of houses of prayer are houses of disassociation. Yep. I just wrote about this in a book that I wrote, God's Shaking His Temple. So what does that mean? The Father wants to reconcile these two worlds, and He wants to raise up people inside priestly organizations that know Him well, whether you have a building or not, and then release you to be workers, yep. ambassadors, yep. CEOs, doctors, lawyers. I want, I want to mention something that I've been seeing recently. It's deeply concerning to me. Uh, God uses me um, apostolically a lot, and I flow in a prophetic gift. There are more and more negative words towards uh, the world, specifically platforms of politics, education, etc. Mm -hmm. We have to be careful because what God is doing, He's actually just like we see in the in the book of in, in the life of Daniel. Mm -hmm. He's raising up people that know Him well. And he's sending them into dark places. Yes. So instead of bashing politics, you better check yourself. Yes. The Father cares greatly about politics. Yes. We have got to be careful decreeing these words against the world. All it's doing is driving a, a wedge between the priestly and kingly more. Your thoughts on that? So think about the one we follow, Jesus himself. Jesus incarnated himself into the world. And I think that's that's what we fail to do. And that's why sometimes we can do the dissociated prayer, uh, houses of prayer, because we kind of want to ask God to click his fingers and make everything fine. Yeah. Whereas actually what he wants to do is he sent his son to grow up in a culture, mm -hmm. to live in a culture, to know what it's like to do real life. So for me, it's about will we as a church embrace following our Lord who leads us to incarnation, rather than looking to God to intervene in our world. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's the that's the question for me. You know, will we will we be those who take hold of our call and step into those areas to bring His presence? Because His presence is in us. We are the tent of His presence, and we, as we meet as ecclesia, we we host His presence there in amongst politics, education, mm-hmm. healthcare, media. And that the Father's waiting on us to mm. step out into those things. That's always been his plan. The largest run of peace and prosperity in Israeli history was when King David was king. He had like 40 years of peace and prosperity. It might have something to do with the king put the presence at the center of his kingdom. Absolutely. And, uh, man, it is, it's powerful to talk about the domino effect and implications of when these two worlds collide. Yep. In this next episode, I want to talk about three or four practical steps of how both these worlds can work together. Yep. How people in the labor force, CEOs, doctors, lawyers, teachers, can not only just sit on the back couple of rows. I, I noticed that a lot of kingly people sit as far back as they can in, in, a, in a priestly auditorium. I, I see it all the time. What if they sat on the front rows and what if they actually served the church as we now know it? And what if the church actually humbled themselves before kingly leaders? What if two became one? It'd probably be pretty powerful. I think the world would listen a lot more, by the way. Thanks for joining. Spread the word on Coach and Joe. It's a podcast intended to help leaders in the marketplace and in the church know God better and then walk in a high level of influence in the lives of others. Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Don't miss the Coach and Joe Talk Show on YouTube and check out coachandjoe.com for more resources, blogs, and merch. We will see you next time.